it's time to talk with Liz and Peter. Good morning, Dark Day. Morning, Mother. It is 6.55 a.m. Yes. Are you excited? Yes. Do you know what we're going to talk about today? Hair. Hair. Just hair. Long strings of protein that grow out of various parts of your body. All parts of your body. Various. Yeah. Some. You have hairless parts. Yeah. The inside of your mouth, no hair. (laughs) Fair enough. Eyes. No hair. No hair on them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but specifically, hair's on our head, and... I think it would make sense for you to start with your experience with hair, since this is mainly your topic. And then I'm going to piggyback on it. My experience of hair. Yeah. Hair experience, one might say. My hair experience really started when I was young. Some of my earliest memories are, like, getting my hair done. We got my hair done, like, every two weeks, I believe. Getting my hair done meant going to get it relaxed, and that meant chemically treating my kinky, coily hair, my natural hair, the, um, it's like a 4B texture, getting that chemically straightened. Um, Wait, and for people who don't know, there's like a hair scale that uses a combination of numbers and letters to let you know how... How coily your hair is. How coily. How curly and coily it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's for natural hair, meaning like... Black folks. Black folks' hair, mixed hair, some white people with really curly hair also are on that spectrum. Shout out white people on the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, so um, my natural black curly hair was chemically straightened and relaxed. It's called a relaxer. That experience was sometimes kind of painful. I was really young, and it hurt. Like, the chemicals burned my scalp. Oftentimes, like, I'd come out with straight hair, but, like, parts on the bottom, like, the base of my neck would be, like, burned into my skin, like, seared. Wait, what do you mean burned? The chemicals would burn my scalp and then part the parts of my scalp where there the hair there had been relaxed would be like attached to my head like burned onto my my head like the nape of my neck did your hair um, ever fall out um from that well it would just be like seared i'm assuming it event like the scab eventually fell off or i'd pick at it but that's what happened if the relaxer got left on too long but i was a kid so the hairdressers wouldn't always listen to me that my head was burning. Mm-hmm. They'd say, tell me when it burns. But if it burned just a little bit, that's not enough for it to relax your hair. It needed to like be that perfect amount of burning. And if it burned too much, it's burning your scalp. Does that make sense? It, like the perfect amount of burn will it, get your hair perfectly straight. Not enough burn and your hair won't be fully straight. Too much burn, your scalp will sear. Being that I'm a white man in his early 30s... Yes, I understand the logic behind, like, the perfect amount of burn so that you can relax your hair, but there's also a part of me that's thinking, well, what the fuck? If it's burning, why are we even doing this? Like, this just sounds horrible. 
So you're doing this to assimilate into society and have hair that is looked at as nice, clean, proper, kept. Professional. Professional. I mean, I was a kid, but you still want to look presentable. Professional child. Presentable. It's one, It was one way to look clean and well put together. Is was to make your hair look as white as possible mm-hmm. because the curls and the it was considered like wild, untamed, nappy, and not put together looking. Did you have any experiences when you were a kid where someone made you feel like your hair was like nappy looking, unkempt? Yeah, I it was probably like fourth grade. I remember I had my hair was natural and like like combed out, you know? So it was like kind of poofy. And I'm mixed, so when it's combed out, I mean it was still like it was still curly, but it was like more like frizz, like I don't know, it was just like a large orb around my head. And that's how my mom like combed it out for a picture day, and I just remember someone in line in class, and this is 4th grade, telling me like watermelon head gets in the back of the line and telling everyone that I had a watermelon head because my my hair was so big and like it it was so like sticking up. Wait, the teacher said that? A kid. Oh, a kid said that. And then I remember girls asking me in like 3rd and 4th grade like can you even stick your hair behind your ears? You know, cuz like white girls like pull their hair behind their ears a lot, like tuck their like this. Right, yeah. And my hair didn't need to do that and couldn't really do that. So I would try and I'd like put, I'd be like, yeah, I can. And I would try. And so I knew my hair was different and the kids were both curious and just insensitive about the difference. They would tell me my hair smelled bad because my mom had to put oil in it. So with white hair, you wash it regularly to keep it from being oily or greasy. With black hair, your scalp naturally, because of the coils and the curls, the oil doesn't travel down the hair follicle as easily. So you're you're actually, your hair gets really dry and you have to oil your scalp to keep your hair healthy. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the opposite way of caring for it. So with my hair... My mom had to oil our scalps, and I guess the oil had a smell, but people would tell me my hair smelled bad. So yeah, I had these experiences, and when my hair was straightened or relaxed, I had fewer of these experiences. Granted, I went to an all-white school. So, yeah. Um, There were a lot of things that weren't understood, like... Like, even, like, my body shape being differently. I remember girls in, like, sixth grade, we were all in the bathroom, and they were asking me, do you stuff your butt? And that was probably one of the most humiliating things I'd been asked. And I went into a stall and just kind of, like, pretended that it wasn't malicious. Because I don't know if it was, but, like, that was the time when some girls were stuffing their bra. And they just asked me if I stuffed my butt, and it was really embarrassing. I'm going to choose to believe that they were just jealous of all of that booty. Okay. And then 
every summer growing up, we would put braids in our hair so that we could swim in the in the pools. Having braids was a way of like not having to deal with the chemicals in the pool water interfering with the chemicals in the relaxer. So we would put braids in and at the end of the summer take the braids out and go back to caring for our hair with normal relaxers. So the braids played a function growing up, but like it was more something we did, like I said, in the summertime. But I always got my hair relaxed regularly up until about late in college sometime. And I think what happened, I think it was like 2013 or 2012, about 2013, I started to pay more attention to the natural hair movement online and seeing photos. Um, representation can be so important because I was seeing photos on Tumblr and on um, just blogs and things of black girls with their natural hair and reading about how important it could be to reclaim your curls and how so many women didn't even know what their natural hair texture was. And I realized that I didn't know. I had no idea what my hair texture was. Um, I couldn't remember because I'd been relaxing it probably since like fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, if not even a little before that. So I decided to do the big chop and I was scared, but I was mostly excited. I, at this point I had consumed a lot of media about natural hair and I was ready to, actually I didn't start out with the big chop. I started out with my relaxed hair, getting it wet. Did you know you're not supposed to get relaxed hair wet? Yes. It interferes with the chemical. Yeah, that is a pop culture trope. Like any any black woman you see in a movie, if there's rain involved, she's inevitably going to say something about how she has to cover up her hair. That that's like real though. That's reality. Like I w- I remember being stuck on campus because I had just gotten my hair done back home, and like it would co- the rain would be coming down. And I didn't have an umbrella, and I'd be like trapped until until the rain was gone or I remember going on class field trips with relaxed hair and I remember we went to a water park and I had a choice either to not participate or to participate and just see what happened and my hair kind of froed out and it counterbalanced like it counteracted the chemicals and uh, people kind of like made comments about it because my hair got really poofy and frizzy and I got embarrassed but it was worth it to have fun. So those are kind of moments that I remember of getting my hair wet. But when I was like starting to get into the natural hair movement, I started to wash my own hair, my relaxed hair as a way to get more familiar with the texture. And I started to like just do my hair that way in a more frizzy way. Cause that's what it was. It wasn't really curly. It was more like frizzy and poofier. And once I flirted with that and got comfortable with that, that's when I decided to do the big chop. Chopped all my hair off, all my relaxed hair. I rocked the short hair for a little while, a few weeks. Short hair with my face shape is not my favorite. I would love to look good with short hair because I'm like a big fan of like the Amber Rose, like love it. Um, for those of you who don't know, Amber Rose is famous for having 
like a really, really short, either a bald ass head or ass head or uh, like a really short afro that is colored in like a blonde or a red or some sort of other loud color for all of you non-amber rose stands out there. I mean, I just love the look of curves, like a curvy body with the short hair. Like it just looks so fire. But yeah, my face shape is a little bit long and narrow. Did not work well. So I then had short natural hair for a few weeks. Then I decided to get braids. And so braids became a thing that rather than functional, they be, well, I guess they still served a function. They became my transition hairstyle where for about a year I got braids every two to three months and just basically rocked braids for like a year, maybe a year and a half until my hair grew to a, it's called a teeny weeny afro, TWA. But until I, my hair was long enough for it to suit my face, I uh, kind of rocked the braids and honestly rocked them for a really, really long time. Like I would take them out for a little bit to give my hair a rest, but I would wear them until my hair was long enough to kind of pull up into this like bouffant thing on top of my head, kind of like a pineapple where all the curls are on top of my head with like a scarf around my head. I started wearing my hair that way, but it took some time, a lot of time, to grow to love my natural curls and my natural hair, but I used braids as a tool in the meantime. Braids are interesting because they make you feel pretty because you have like long straight hair, which is like the Eurocentric Western ideal for women have like long straight hair so braids kind of mimic that in a way so you feel beautiful in a western beauty standard sense but it also feels traditional it, it harkens back to like cultural traditions of braiding hair and using this style to protect your natural hair as well so that you're not manipulating it as much because natural hair is pretty like delicate and like when it's overly manipulated um it can break easily and people can have a difficult time maintaining the strength of their hair or the length of their hair. So braids are also used as a protective style. And there are a variety of other protective styles as well, like weaves or other things where you aren't manipulating your hair for several weeks at a time while this protective style is in place. So right now I'm using my, I actually have braids right now and I'm using them kind of as a protective style because I got tired of manipulating my hair every morning, having to put like, I'd like wet it down and then put oil in it and a like a cream moisturizer or leave-in conditioner every day. And my schedule has recently changed and gotten so much busier since I started seeing clients because I'm in grad school for a therapy program. So I started seeing clients and I've been so busy and I really got sick of wondering what to do with my hair every day having to deal with it, and I'm using this transition style for a few months to, to really get through this period in time that, where my schedule is hectic, and then I can go back to having the more time to care for my hair, whether that's in two months or when I graduate in 10 months. Braids or other protective styles can serve that function to like just take that the burden off of having to do your hair every day, which for me takes about 15 minutes every morning. 
So yeah, that's kind of my hair story from growing up until now. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, as an adult, do you get people uh, like commenting on your hair or wanting to touch your hair? Like, does your hair really come up nowadays, or is it kind of like a, you know, like a, a settled subject almost? Um, people still comment on my hair. I take it as a compliment more often than not. I put a lot of time and love and effort into transitioning my hair from relaxed to natural. So when people notice and compliment it, it does feel good. I do get people on occasion, this is very rare, maybe like twice a year, who like want to touch my hair or like reach out their hands to touch it or ask if they can touch it. It's more in the last like five years that it's become more like common knowledge that white people should not ask to pet or touch black people's hair mm. because it's dehumanizing. It's like you're wanting to pet an animal, mm-hmm. admire it from a distance, compliment it, but leave it alone. Like nobody wants your dirty fingers in their hair. If you're going to treat it like an animal, mm-hmm. treat it like mm-hmm. a lion or tiger, like you wouldn't try to pet the lion or tiger. You would admire it from afar. Right. Because that motherfucker will eat you if you piss it off. Right. And weren't we walking down the street together one time when this woman... Oh, I remember, yeah. What did she say? Oh, gosh. She was drunk as hell. She was, she was like, oh, your hair. And she like came at me with arms outstretched trying to touch my hair. And it was kind of terrifying. I feel like I kind of like made a move that was like, hey, no, don't do that. Like kind of like stepped in like a little bit, just sort of like yeah. maybe not completely in front of her, but like enough to be like, hey, drunk woman on the streets of our down, like downtown area in our college town. Yeah. But this is not. This is also such a recent cultural shift of awareness that I still have a lot of grace for people who are ignorant about not asking, especially older people. And she was probably in her early 40s. Right. And so I actually have a close friend who's in her like early 50s and she's asked to touch my hair before. And like I I did not get offended. She was admiring it. She was complimenting me. She was asking how I take care of it. She was, you know, just not aware that that was a microaggression or mm-hmm. like something that could be offen- perceived as offensive. I chose she, she in that didn't... moment not to mm-hmm. take on the emotional labor of educating her about it i probably should have used that as a teaching moment but i wanted to let it go Mm -hmm. i didn't have the energy so i chose not to but like in general most people are well-meaning and i don't view my hair as that big of an issue but i've also like i said come through on the other side of this long natural hair journey i'm watching my little sister who just went through the big tropic like a year ago really struggling to adapt to having this short natural hair mm-hmm. just really really struggling it, it, it really affects your sense of self if you're used to seeing yourself with longer longer hair it affects your sense of self to have it be so short it affects your sense of your own sexuality your own attractiveness especially in western society um so watching my sister struggle with that i'm having to like really reassure her that the journey's worth it, but it's hard to do when she looks in the mirror and doesn't recognize herself or doesn't see herself as attractive by the standards that society has taught her to set for herself. And that's not just her. That's like we all grow up with the same beauty standards in, in America. So oh, and she for has the to, most part. She has to deal with it even more so because she is working in a field where she's judged a good deal on the way that she looks. 
And she always has been. She's yeah. always been in either the modeling industry, the t- television, journalism industry, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, yeah, appearances is important and professionalism is important. And so really embracing that natural hair, it's, it's like a really political, beautiful thing she's doing. But it's hard. So she actually recently got braids. Mm-hmm. Um and again, that's just another way to like feel a little bit more comfortable with short hair during your natural hair journey sometimes. And she's the reason I kind of thought, you know what, I want to get braids. It's been a, it's been several years since I've had them, probably like three years. So I got braids as well. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, kind of trying to fight society's, uh, what trying to unlearn what society has taught you is beautiful find beauty in yourself and try to maintain your self-esteem when your appearance is not exactly what our society says beauty is. Do you remember watching that Chris Rock documentary with me? We watched it together? Yeah, you made me watch it. Well, you didn't make me watch it. You were like, I want to watch this documentary with you. Was I drunk? (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Wasn't it called Good Hair? I mean, it is called Good Hair. I just don't really remember. I feel like I've seen it a couple times. I just don't really recall, but that was also several years ago. Oh, I'm glad that we can tell what's important to me and what's important to you. I think it... I think... I think new information sticks in the head more. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, it would have been revisiting stuff I knew. And I think I was more excited about showing it to you than I was about, like, consuming the information again. But yeah, I'm glad that it left an impact. Yeah, it's it's not like that information or the information in that documentary was completely unknown to me. It was more so just being exposed to it in such an up upfront and um like uh like I don't know, well-packaged way. You know, when when something's easy to digest and when it's entertaining, you know, you're a lot more likely to sit through it and to take it in and to retain it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so like, you know, I had had black friends when I was a kid growing up, but we'd never talked about hair or relaxers or, right. um, so yeah, I, th- I think media like that's important. And honestly, I, I had not really been thinking about hair a whole lot until I saw that, but I feel like afterwards now I just sort of see that the politics of hair everywhere. Mm-hmm. What do you think of my hair? I like your hair. I like it better when it is. In the style that you described earlier is the pineapple. I like to call it the fine apple because you're so fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I like your hair in whatever way it is. Like, uh, braids right now. I wish you would have gone with the style that caused you to wear the jewel and all that. You know, in the middle of the, the, the Fulani braids and all that. But, you know, I can't always get what I want. So you so. prefer my natural hair? Like, when it's just out and natural? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that about you. That you, you don't just like accept who I am and what my hair looks like and my blackness. You like love it and like prefer it. And that makes me feel like you accept it. And it makes me feel like on no level do you wish I were different. Do you wish I were white? No, definitely not. Well, that's like a, not a that really I, Not that power... I dislike white folk, but you know. But that's like a really powerful thing, you know? To be in an interracial relationship and not in our like predominantly white society to not like feel like your blackness is 
unappreciated. Like, it can feel really empowering. Not that I need... I mean, I I know that black is powerful and beautiful and I feel a strong sense of self and validation in my own right, but it is still reassuring to hear from a partner that you love that they love you back just as you are. Y'all. I do love you, Dark Bay. I love you too. Yeah. Um, tell me about your hair journey. Hair journey. Um, so my hair journey is a lot different than your hair journey, being that I am a white presenting male person, I guess you could say. Um, I did not really ever think about hair except for in relation to myself. Like I didn't really care about other people's hair. Um, like I said, I, I grew up in an apartment complex that had like... You know, it was kind of like a lower income area. So like we had, you know, we had Indian neighbors that lived across the hall, like right down, like right below us lived a black woman that I referred to as Aunt Virginia or Aunt Virginia, because I had an aunt named Virginia and this woman downstairs name was Virginia as well. This like, like nice, nice uh, black lady. And I was so young at the time that I didn't realize that women named Virginia, you didn't just call them all Aunt Virginia. And so, um... I was calling black women auntie before I even knew that you called black women auntie uh, as like a five-year-old kid. But yeah, so my whole situation with hair, I guess, was more one of kind of like first fear than acceptance because my dad is bald, like clouds around the mountain bald. And uh, I basically always thought that that was going to be how I ended up. So as a kid, I would just think like, all right, well... My dad was bald by the time he was, like, 22, um, so I got, you know, just, like, a couple years, like, you know, maybe, like, a, you know, however long left. To just enjoy en- your Just hair. enjoy having hair while I can, and I always told myself, like, whenever I get bald to the point where you can, balding to the point where you can really notice it, I'm just going to shave it all off and just go Mr. Clean, you know, no clouds around the mountain, just embrace it, because if this is who I am naturally... Why fight it? You know, why try to, like, wear a toupee or do a hair transplant or da 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 It's like, man, I'm a fucking working class kid. I'm not going to have money for that shit. Like, I'm worried, like, I'm going to be, like, trying to, you know, feed myself and, like, get an education and, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there was always anxiety about, like, damn, I'm going to be bald as fuck. And, like, women like men with hair. Fuck. Ah. Damn. I'm going to be ugly. Shit. <sighs> How old were you when you were worrying about these things? Oh, like. Uh, like preteen on until no. I was like into college. But then I got like, as I got older, it became more and more evident that like, while I do have a big old forehead, I don't like, I'm not going to be bald like my dad was. So at a point, you know, I didn't even really worry about it anymore. I was just like, all right, well, whatever it is, it is. And as long as I don't fuck with my hair a whole bunch, cause like my dad, I think part of the reason why he went bald is because he played baseball when he, like up through his early 20s. And he also, in addition to that, wears a baseball cap even when he's not playing baseball. He still wears a baseball cap like you know 90% of the time that I see him. And I think that wearing a baseball cap all the time causes a couple things. I think it causes like the parts around the front, like around the brim where it attaches the hat to rub against your head, like taking it on and off a whole bunch. You know, maybe he rubs some hair off. Um, maybe just like the lack of airflow, you know, was another thing. 
uh, lack of sunlight. Like, I, I don't know. I just never wore a hat, you know, when I was a kid because, I mean, other than when I was playing baseball, because I thought if I wear a hat all the time, I'm going to end up looking like my dad. <laughs> and so I never wore a hat and now I don't look like my dad. <laughs> my dad's got a biological brother named John and uh, John looks like JFK. Like with the amount, like he's he's just good looking. He's got a huge head of hair, like never ever fell out. Just like very distinguished looking. And then my dad is completely bald, like you know, looking looking like a I don't know, like a like a homeless guy on the street with a beer. You know, let's that kind be of thing. clear. You can look incredibly handsome and incredibly dignified with a bald head. You you can You're, you really can. Like like I love a good bald head. I think your dad doesn't keep up his bald head in a way that is that that's the thing dignified some some people are really into a bald head some people are neutral on a bald head i think everybody can get behind not being down with an unkempt bald head yes because if you got like you know random wispies of hair at the very front of your forehead (laughs) and there's like 10 of them and then you know like you have the clouds around the mountain and they're like unevenly like kempt and shaved and that sort of thing because i remember sometimes he would just like you know shave with the razor and just like be completely bald and then like not care about it so much when it grew out so just kind of like he'd have this like homer simpson-esque little tuft of hair right in the middle of his forehead kind of or not in the middle of his forehead but like right above the middle of his forehead right and it's just like dude just like just keep it keep it tight you know it's like you're bald you don't need like who are you trying to fool with those like dozen hairs dude maybe he also got to a point of not caring yeah, that's Maybe true. that was part of his journey. But then he looked goofy as fuck, so, you know. Yeah, that's fair. His, his journey was to look goofy as fuck. But yeah, so after a while, and, and the, the funniest thing was when I got into high school, I had my hair long and I played basketball, and my dad would yell at me from the stands to stop fucking with my hair because my hair would get into my eyes when we were playing, and I'd, I'd constantly be, like, pulling it to the side, like, getting it out of my hair. Um, out of I pro- your eyes? Yeah, or sorry, yeah, getting my hair out of my eyes. And I probably should have just worn a headband, but then it would have been the same thing. Like, oh, this is rubbing on my hairline, just like the hat did. So never did wow. that. Just sort of dealt with it. Your dad had no idea that as he was yelling at you, you were like, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be like hair. you, dad. <laughs> I don't want to be like you. <laughs> yeah, it was a very uh, big, like, that That was the culminating scene in the movie where I'm, like, in the rain, crying, yelling at my father how I don't want to be like him. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that's kind of my experience with hair. Um, like, one, once I got into my early to mid-20s and I still had hair and didn't look like the way my dad looked in pictures when he was the same age... I basically felt, oh yeah, I'm I'm home free. I'm good to go. Like, I'm, whatever. Who cares? So, where are you at right now in this moment with your hair? Um, it's more a hassle than anything. It's more like I gotta pay to get it cut, and I gotta keep it washed, and I gotta like in between haircuts do a little trim so I look nice. And like right now, I'm looking all busted up. Like, I gotta like I got big old sideburns right now, and I got some like medium length like stubble like short beard. Um, and then I got, like, the hair on the top of my head hasn't been cut for, what, like, two, three months now? Something like mm-hmm. that? So I need to go in and, like, shave my sideburns off and make them the same length as my short beard and, like, taper that into my, uh, like, the sides of my hair and, like, cut the sides down. And then I gotta, like, 
trim the front bangs and all that sort of stuff. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I, I feel pretty lucky that as just, like, a white dude, I can basically get two haircuts a year and in between just sort of take care of it myself. You know, just because I've watched YouTube videos on, like, how to cut your own hair and all that sort of bullshit. And so that's been nice. But for the most part, it's it's a non it's a non thought and it's a non anxiety and it's really something that I spend like a hundred dollars a year in haircuts on and other than that I'm just sort of chilling. Just mm-hmm. having fun with more more often than not, I'm having more fun with my beard than the hair on the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I really do feel like I could shave all of the hair off the top of my head and be completely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like that one time when I had that business trip and I asked you to cut my hair and you forgot that the guard uh, had been removed in between going from the sides to the top, and then you put a racing stripe down the middle center of my head. Not my finest hour. It's okay. And then my reaction was just to shave everything off. And I was like, all right, You went completely silent. You were angry, but like a silent angry where he didn't shame me or make me feel bad. And that was one of the first moments when I knew you really loved me because you didn't yell. You didn't say anything. You just went silent and shaved your own head. I was about to go and pitch hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of contracts to a client in person (laughs) and i was just thinking man i hope looking goofy as fuck does not cost me this sale and then i was thinking you know if anybody looks like they're weird about it or says anything i'm just gonna tell them the story about how my my partner just shaved a racing stripe into my head and everybody can relate to that and we'll laugh about it and they'll probably be more likely to sign the contract then yep i'm glad i got i gave us a story that we're gonna remember forever Mm mm-hmm that's so funny. Yeah. So, one thing, kind of like what I want to end on, unless you have a different thing that you want to end on. Um, we both have big foreheads. I have a significant forehead, that so, is for sure. Some may even call it a five head. Six if you're really, if you have little fingers. Yeah, if you've got little fingers, it's definitely a six or seven head. Seven? Yeah. Shut up. you got little fingers. <laughs> Come on, you're changing the, me- the measurement apparatus here, you, you know. But yeah, so uh, by saying that, I'm just going to point out that when we have children, they're going to have eight heads. Oh my God. Professional head butters. (laughs) What are sports? Oh yeah, soccer players. They're going to be the the best head goal scoring soccer players of all time. Basically going to have an anvil on the forehead. I I feel like I've embraced the forehead. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you and your sister definitely have large foreheads. Your brother, too. What about you? Oh, yeah, I have, got a big old forehead. Have you embraced it? Oh, for sure, yeah. That's, that's where all the brains are. That's how people know I got a big brain. <laughs> big forehead, big brain. That's how that works, right? It's true. Yeah, that's, that's getting dangerously close to phrenology. <laughs> it's getting dangerously close to race science. Right. We don't do that here. No. Nope, nobody's internalizing race science here.